1: I'm Sarah, the pastor here, and once more, we're doing worship slightly different than how we would normally do it as we continue to practice social distancing and and try to keep to our social isolation so that we can flatten the curve of COVID-19, the coronavirus We hope that you are able to join us and experience God's mercy and grace this morning as we are preparing to move into the spirit of worship and allow ourselves to experience God's blessings and what God has for us this morning. We want to remind you that if you are watching with a child that you can go onto our webpage and get a children's activity sheet that you can download and print out. And we would love to have you do that and still engage in some spiritual growth and discussion with your children. We encourage you to do that. We We will also be continuing to share our children's time in a little bit about what Lentosaurus rex, our liturgically accurately colored dinosaur, has to share with us as we are continuing to journey ever towards Easter. Easter doesn't stop just because things look different and so as we are preparing ourselves for this worship we do have some music for you this morning you're going to hear one of the classic hymns we invite you to sing along where you are you can always look up the verses and sing along you might recognize these this is the classic and there are christians all over the world who sing this song in their native tongue because it still continues to convey to us the good theology of who our God is and how much God loves us. So without further delay, I'm going to invite John Hilger to come up and share with us our music.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Today I'll be singing How Great Thou Art, written by Stuart K. Hine, permission from the Stuart K. Hine Trust and administered by Hope Publishing Company. O Lord, my God, when I, in awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art when through the and forest glades I wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and hear the brook And feel the gentle breeze. Then sings my soul, my Saviour God to thee. How great thou art! How great thou art! Then sings
1: Thank you so much, John. What a pleasure. I can remember being a little girl and standing next to the pew where my head barely came over next to my grandparents and learning to sing that song. So for me, it brings back lots of good memories and good people. So thank you very much for allowing us to hear God's gift in your voice, John. This morning, I want to share with you Um, Children's time is a huge part of our life here at Crozet United Methodist Church, and at the beginning of Lent, back on Ash Wednesday, and certainly the first Sunday in Lent, we introduced Lentosaurus Rex, our little buddy over here who's articulate and uh, able to engage with us and our object lessons, and then every Sunday we have shared a new egg as we've journeyed towards Easter, and in the egg for today, which I will have, um, together with all of the other eggs that we've done since we've been in our isolation and our quarantine, um, this egg has a necklace in it, and inside, it looks like a life preserver, and it says, Jesus saves, and this reminds us that as we are journeying towards the celebration of Easter, that Easter is the tangible time when we can celebrate and rejoice that Jesus has saved all of us from our sin, from ourselves, from our guilt, from our death that all of these things have been transformed by God's love and grace in Jesus Christ. And so we will have this. And then for our children that are gonna be a part of our Vacation Bible Camp, when we can have Vacation Bible Camp, this plays into the theme perfectly. So you will already have an accessory to wear to Vacation Bible Camp. So what we're going to do is on Monday, our preschool is going to be piloting a program that's gonna allow all of our families as we have gathered together all of the crafts and the remainder of the things that the kids in our preschool are gonna have, they're gonna be able to drive through and pick them up and have one person um, who's gloved and masked as the point of contact. And as we perfect that on Monday, then we're gonna be able to do the same thing for our eggs. So what I would like to do is if you'll stay tuned through our social media and through our e-news on Thursday, you'll find out how we're gonna be able to do that. I would like to be able to have families be able to drive through and pick up bags that have not only the three eggs that we've currently done, but it'll have the Palm Sunday craft for next Sunday that your kids can do on Sunday morning, and you'll be able to celebrate Palm Sunday in some way, even though it's a little different than how we had originally anticipated. So we'll be giving you that information, and you all be able to catch up on your eggs, and you can go back and watch the videos and get the object lesson if you've forgotten them. So we'll have all of that for you, so stay tuned for that information. But before we shift this morning into our scripture I just want to let you know that it has been a hard time. It's a very difficult time. I tend to be an extreme extrovert, and so this has not been an easy time for me. Uh, We have people in our church and on our staff that are introverts, and they are thriving. And I am thankful that someone is thriving right now because this has been truly difficult for me. It's very hard for clergy who are tasked with being pastoral. We are meant to be shepherds, and for us not to be with our flock, it is not just difficult, it's depressing, it's disheartening. And so it is a time for us to focus on what we can do and to rejoice that God is still at work even when we feel like we can't be. So as we're preparing to hear the scripture this morning, I hope that all of us will allow God to speak to us where we are and allow us to hear just what it is that God needs us to know this day. So but without further delay, I invite us to take a moment and still ourselves and let us be in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, this has not been an easy time. There are people all over the world struggling with illness. There are people who are struggling to survive. And because of this, Almighty God, we have felt the ripple effects all the way here in our beloved country and in our native Crozet. We rejoice, Lord, that in the midst of this struggle and this hardship that you are ever present that you continue to pour out your goodness upon us and remind us that you are with us and for us. Help us to have glimpses of hope and let our faith grow even in this time of seeming darkness. Remind us, almighty God, that we are here for each other even when we are not physically next to one another, but that because of the power of the Holy Spirit, we can reach out through the gift of prayer, through giving, and through evangelism in new and powerfully transformative ways. Help us to be your people, that we may be your people for one another. May it be so, Almighty God. And may this moment of holiness continue to edify and encourage us for the days ahead. For we do not know when we shall come back together again here in your holy house, but we yearn for that day, and we know that if it is your will, it shall be done. May it be so, Almighty God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Psalms, and it's Psalm 62 in its entirety, and it's a Davidic psalm. It's attributed to King David, and before I read it to you, I want to point out that a lot of the Davidic psalms that we have through tradition attributed to have been written and authored by King David Uh, who was also a shepherd in his own right, Uh, often David is talking about his enemies or about the forces he thinks are at work against him. But today, this psalm is directed to them. So I invite you to hear these words from Psalm 62. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall never be shaken. How long will you assail a person? Will you batter your victim, all of you, as you would a leaning wall, a tottering fence? Their only plan is to bring down a person of prominence. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. For my hope is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor. My mighty rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balance, they go up. They are together lighter than breath put no confidence in exhortation, and set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and steadfast love belongs to you, O Lord, for you repay all according to their work. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. So once more, we find ourselves in this new state of abnormal normalcy. For us to be here once more, there's only five of us in the sanctuary, and that almost never happens. Even on a regular Sunday morning, there would already be a dozen people here to prepare, to greet, and to usher, and to work in our sound and tech booth. There would be people here preparing for worship and we would be continuing to increase our numbers and to be in a sacred space like this and to have experienced the vivaciousness and the vitality of the body of Christ and then to be here and experience the void of such a thing. It places in stark contrast where we are. For many of us life seems to have ground to a halt and for some of us it has had disastrous consequences. I have been continually in contact with people who have been laid off, people who have been fired, people who have heard from their employer that there might not be a business to come back to work for, and that there are people who are struggling to find purpose and meaning. And in the midst of all of this, there have been undercurrents of conversations about mental health. And I have struggled with this deeply over the past couple weeks. This has been something that is very difficult for me because I am not in my forte. I am not with my people. I am not in the role that I have established and in the role that was established for me in the church. And for me, there has been kind of a lostness, this waywardness and this sense of losing who I am as well as what I am supposed to do. And if you feel that way, You are not alone. There are a number of people, myself included, that are struggling with our mental health. And unfortunately, the church has often been a place where we don't talk about that. We talk about spiritual health. Occasionally, we'll even talk about physical health. But mental health is still very taboo. But in my time in my home, I have spent a lot of intentional time reading the scriptures. And in it, I find so many battles that people waged with their mental health. Time and time again, people struggle with delusions. They struggle with an inward voice that is very dark that seeks to deprive them of their hope. There are those who struggle with depression, those who feel as though there are two of them and locked in battle within their brains, and constantly people are struggling with mourning and loss and the struggle to find hope at the base of all of this is trying to find hope and king david repeatedly in the old testament as and especially in the psalms struggles with this finding hope and the greatest evil that mental distress and unhealth visits upon human beings is that it deprives us of our hope it makes us think that there's nothing that this life is not worth living and that people would be better off without us. And for some of us, it drives us to the point of committing suicide. And as we struggle with our own mental health, occasionally those thoughts flare up in us. Now certainly there is a culture, and even in the church, there's a culture that says, no, you don't do that. But what do you do when you feel that voice speaking to you? encouraging you to do something so unholy how do we address that ironically when i was reading i was going back and looking at the life of jesus as we're progressing toward the end of his earthly ministry and holy week i went back and for the first time I reread the temptation after he's baptized. Jesus goes out into the wilderness and fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And at the conclusion of that fasting, when his body could not be more physically weak, when he has been isolated and separated, and he is vulnerable to impressionistic thoughts and the ideas of, of being turned to do selfish things rather than divine selfless ones, It says that in the text that the devil came to him and tests him and asks him three different questions. And one of them is taking Jesus up to the highest point, a real high point, and encouraging Jesus to throw himself down, to commit suicide and trust that God would save him. And Jesus resists this in a state of total weakness, both in body and in mind and maybe even spiritual weakness. Jesus resists. And I don't want to downplay the fact that Jesus was fully human and fully divine, but there's something very powerful in recognizing that even Jesus had to wrestle with the temptation to commit suicide. And I think it's very important to us because there are a lot of people that are struggling right now. People in our families and in our homes, people in our lives our co-workers, our our fellow students, there are people in our churches that hear that voice encouraging them to do that because things are not normal and things don't feel healthy. And if we're not careful, things feel hopeless. And this is where all of us have to stop and pause. This is where it's so important for us to realize that every day there is spiritual work to be done for others. It's so important for us to tell people how we feel about them, that we take time if we're, if we're not going to school and if we're not going to work and if we're not in our normal sphere, then this is the perfect time to focus and tell people how we really feel. One of the core facets of my job is funerals. I officiate what we call services of death and resurrection, and today I'm wearing a shirt that says, Austin changed my mind. Because within my first year of arrival here at Crozet United Methodist Church, I officiated Austin's funeral. And he was a young man who was in the prime of his life and Austin committed suicide. And I never met him. I never knew him as a living, breathing, vibrant human being. I've only known Austin after his passing. I've only known him because of his mother and his family and his friends who continue to be a living legacy of Austin. But Austin has changed how I think about things. In moments of darkness over the past several weeks, I've thought about Austin. I've thought about how there are those who have wondered what it would be like if they weren't here. And we are encouraged by the power of the Holy Spirit to know that we are never alone. We are never forsaken. And that even when we have times where we question our worth and we question whether our living causes more pain and suffering, God tells us in the scriptures and in the voices of other people that we are loved and that we are of value. And so I found myself thinking about a young man that I never knew and I found myself wondering What will it be like when I finally meet him? The one who reminds me that it is okay to admit that I'm not okay. It's okay for us to talk about difficult things. It is appropriate for us to recognize that we are affected by the world. We are affected by circumstances. And that when we refuse, when we refuse to acknowledge our own pain and suffering, And we try to push it down and put on a front. And we try to tell people that we're okay. That we're not honoring those who have gone before us. That instead, we're simply trying to negate the truth and the reality. But that life is hard. And that there are painful decisions every day. And not only did King David confront them, but so did Jesus. And they wanted to show us that we do confront these things. But that one of the most wonderful things about it is that God continually sends us people. When King David had strayed and had become a horrific sinner, having committed both adultery and murder to cover it up, God sent the prophet Nathan to him. And not to tell him what a horrific human being he was and that he was going to burn in hell, But to help him see that God wanted more for him. That God wanted David to turn from his sin and embrace something new. And when Jesus was plagued by the mental distress of knowing that the cross awaited him. He went out into the garden to pray and he took with him some of his closest friends. And he knew that they couldn't go all the way with him and he didn't want them to sit there and watch him agonize. But what he asked was, can you just stay where you are and pray for me? Stay awake and pray for me. This is our moment to stay awake and pray for one another because the time is coming when this will be transformed. It won't stay like this forever. I do believe that God's promise is true that we are meant to be gathered together. We are meant to experience God's blessing and God's joy, and that will happen again. It will not only happen here in this world and in this life, but it will happen in the next. And sometimes in the void of my daily life, I'm overwhelmed by all of those that I have lost. And as a pastor, all of those that I have buried. And I think about all of those people that I wish I could talk to. And I've become so overwhelmed and depressed with that darkness. And then someone called me. Out of the blue, one of my church members just called me. And I thought, that's God reminding me. That even though I know such loss, I know such joy. So if you have the opportunity and the means, use this week to let someone know that you love them and that you care for them, you value them. Tell them the very things that you would say at their funeral. Let them know now. Because it might just be the spark, it might just be the gift, the hope that they need to get through one more day. Ultimately, No matter what decisions we make here in this world, God promises us that nothing can separate us from God's love. That even when we pass from this world, if we choose to embrace the gift of love and grace that God gives to us, that we are able to experience the resurrection and the joy of the kingdom to come. And I cling to that hope. There are so many that I have lost and so many that I know right now that I don't want to pass from this world and to never enter into the kingdom to come. So I have work to do. I have a message of love to give to them. I need to let them know just how important they are and how much it would mean to me to be able to gather together at the king's table and to feast at the heavenly banquet that will last for all eternity. That's our holy work this week. There is nothing more important than sharing God's hope with others. It's not about beating them with our Bibles. It's not about telling them that if they don't repent that they're going to burn in hell. That's not the message of Jesus Christ. The message of Jesus Christ is that we have been given a gift and that every human being is a gift from God and that they need to know that. They need to be told because we won't know who and what we are unless we hear that holy word. And we need to experience it. We live in a world where too often we wait until death has already come before we share the glory of the gospel. And the glory of the gospel is that we are all beings of sacred worth. We are all beloved children of God. And that God wants us to be with God and with one another for all time. May that be what we are able to convey in any small way this week. Because there are those that have gone from our midst like Austin, but they are not gone forever. And the legacy that is lived out through those that recognize the loss is that they remind us that every day is precious. That even in the darkness, that there still shines a light. And so I am... Reminded by something that I have learned through my scientific studies. That it is in the darkness when we sleep that we grow. That our bodies release the hormones, that the, the spacing between our vertebrae expands, and that we grow taller. That we are able to grow and to get stronger in the darkness when we sleep. So it's important for us to take time, even when we feel the darkness overwhelming us to rest in God and to rest in the words of our loved ones, that we are known and we are treasured. May our words be the balm that those who are struggling so deeply need to hear this week. May we reach out in love and concern, and may we remind one another that hope is not lost, and that hope is not reliant upon physical, spiritual, or mental health. But that hope is a gift from God. And it is meant to sustain us and to encourage us. And because of what Jesus does, it unites us. May it be so. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to pray with me for a moment before we continue. Let us pray. Lord, there are so many everywhere that feel the overwhelming cloud of darkness upon them. When they go to look up, they can see neither the sun nor the moon nor the stars. They can no longer see your glorious light. And so we pray for all of those in this deep, depressing darkness. We pray for ourselves when we are there. And we rejoice that you do not leave us to dwell in the dark, but you come to us as light in Jesus Christ. And you remind us that you come to us. You don't expect us to find our way out of the darkness. You don't expect us to act as if everything is okay. But that you have carved out a place in the scriptures and in our lives to confront death and depression. To recognize that we are not always well. And that you sent to us our Lord and Savior, our Messiah, the Christ, To heal the sick. Those who are sick and diseased in body, in spirit, and in mind. May healing of unparalleled hope and grace be experienced this week. Because even when we are forced to stop, you continue to work to sow seeds of hope and to bring forth your healing and your grace. May it be so, Almighty God. For we, your people, rely solely upon you. You are our fortress. You are our strength. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. This would be the time in a regular worship service when we would invite our people to worship the Lord with their tithes and offerings. And we are going to invite you to do the same thing. You might be saying to yourself, well, what can I do? What am I to do now? Because things are not normal and my faith doesn't look and feel the same. What do we do? Well, we've been encouraging people to do three things to pray, to give, and to share. You can pray by engaging with our link on our website for our prayer team ministry. You can submit prayers prayers of thanksgiving as well as prayers of petition. You can sign up to receive the prayers that people wish to make public so that you can join in praying for and with other people. You can, of course, give because the missions and the ministries in the name of Jesus Christ don't stop just because our world seems to be in a strange limbo. Instead, we are continuing to plan and prepare for ministries and missions that will be so vital and needed when our isolation is over. We want to be able to continue to plan our vacation Bible camp because with a 10-year-old in my house, I know that a lot of families are going to need a place for their kids to gather and be blessed. And so we want to be able to provide those experiences. Those are the kinds of things that your gifts right now help us to continue to plan and prepare for so that life We'll come back with great abundance when we are able to gather again. And you can give both on the link that's at the end of this video, but you can go onto our website and give there. You are able to continue to edify and encourage through your gifts. And the last is to share. It's a strange time where social media has become such a vital part of the church. The church was not prepared for that, nor were we really aware of just how vital and what a blessing this would be. But this is an opportunity for those of you that are savvy with social media. You can share our videos and our posts. You're able to forward on these messages to people that might need them so that they can experience some blessing and some joy. We hope and pray that you have been blessed by what we have done this morning. It is not a difficult conversation to have. And we recognize that this is not an easy time. It is not simple to strive to continue on. And for some of us, it takes all that we have every single day. But because of all of us together, we recognize that we are not alone and that sometimes God speaks to us in some of the most incredible connections. So may your engagement with the words of Jesus Christ and the ministries of Christ Church help to be a means of grace for others. You can pray and you can give and you can share you might find that this is one of the most prolific times of evangelism for you who might not have ever thought of yourself as an evangelist before. So we commend all of that to you and we hope and pray that you will bless others through your engagement with these means of grace. But above all, we want to encourage you to continue to hold fast to that which has given you your Christian identity. We want to encourage you to read your scriptures to pray, to find devotions, and to engage with whatever means of grace are available to you. This is one of the most connectional times in the life of the United Methodist Church. You can check out one church's worship services, and then you can go and find devotions being done by clergy at another. And on Thursday nights, we do our Bible study here, and you are welcome to continue to engage with as much Christ as you need to sustain you. And we want you to know that we are looking forward to the day when we gather once more. And we hope and pray that you will join us. There has always been a place for you here. And in every church, there is a place that God carves out for us. But the hope and prayer is now that we will have the courage and the desire to fill our seat. May it be so. And we look forward to sharing with you the good news next week. As we continue this journey towards Easter, just because Easter might look and feel different this year does not mean that Easter isn't happening. And we are going to have some surprises and some some celebrations to have. And we hope that you will continue to join us. Thank you so much for being a part of the work of Jesus Christ, not only in your homes, but in this world. And may you receive this blessing. God Almighty, who knows you and loves you exactly as you are, has moved heaven and earth that you might experience God's glory and God's grace in the love of Jesus Christ. Go forth this day to remember that nothing can separate you from the love of God. No earthly power, no person, no circumstance, no mental distress, no physical pain. Nothing will God let get between you and God's gift of eternal life for you. May it be so. Go forth this day in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. One now and forever. Amen.